Bootstrapping? Mental models? Welcome to the Reactor Podcast with your hosts, Justin Vincent and Mark Wilbur. Hey, Mark. Morning. Hey, Justin. How are you? I'm pretty tired, actually. I, I didn't get, um, I don't know if I didn't get much sleep, but I only just woke up um, just recently, and I know that we don't want to let it go too late because it's very, it's nighttime for you, and then you'll be too tired. By the way, I see you're, um, you are, you are not Movember. You are less mem- less Vember. I guess in a way I am because I yeah. I used to have it all before and now I just got rid of most of it. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in my mustache, by the way. I've oh uh, why you know I, I had such a head start. I was imagining you know I'd be like the uh, the guy at the bowling alley at the end of uh, the Big Lebowski or something. It's like curly handlebar thing. Yeah, but it's like I can't grow it that fast, which so shouldn't be surprising because I mean even you know at my my age now, I still can't grow this part of my beard or much over here, which is why I usually shave. I've got like Maybe when you grow up. Spots. I don't know. I, I think I just don't have the uh, the proper genes for this month, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, um, you said you were probably going to be busy next week with the, uh, the holiday um, in ancient times was known as thanksgiving now more commonly known as black friday's eve but uh, mm. um i've got a bunch of stuff to talk about for black friday go on then let's hear uh, let's hear all about it what about goals we're talking uh right thank you uh so my goal last week was stream five consecutive days and i didn't make it i got to three i did some more work on the streak app but all in all is still not too bad because I got, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six videos published. And two, two of them were legitimate screencasts. And, I mean, if you count, like, the uh, uh, live streaming working on the Streak app, like, that's a third. Um, one was pro. So um, it's, you know, still a lot of output. And looking at the stats, uh, they are now these are rolling 28 day numbers, so they're better than last time. Doesn't necessarily mean I have more traffic this week than last, but views are now up 77%, watch time is up 75%, and reach is up 109%. Wow, so that's very cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, it hasn't translated into new customers yet. I was just about to say, any moolah. I I don't. So I I don't think that's ever very instantaneous. Yeah. Like, like yeah. in my case, it's kind of a slow funnel. Like people discover yeah. the channel, then they start watching more, and then you know yeah. maybe a month or two later, then they they pay. That makes but, sense. Uh, yeah, but it's you know it's encouraging. Oh, and I got the uh, the secondary goal is I got the uh, 
Black Friday, not the Black Friday email, but I, I got, I emailed my list, which I've basically ignored for months, <laughs> sent an email out to like 3000 people and said, Hey, I still exist. I've made lots of tutorials. Come check them out. Yeah. And uh, got a couple responses back asking about Phoenix Igniter, which is a kind of a good thing. Yeah. So I, that's I gotta, cool. Yeah. So um, my goal was yeah. uh, um, was to work out like because we did we'd done the second set of stats. So I was going to work out, OK, what direction is this game going to go? Mm-hmm. That was my goal, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the the game is going to go into basically, ultimately, where it's going to go is <clears throat> is in a completely rounds based game. Mm-hmm. So um, you join the game, and really, the only thing to do is to be in a lobby, and then wait for the countdown, and then have the round that's going to be kind of like a Mario Kart round on the slider tracks. And so you'll be able to, like, knock other players off the track, and it, so it'll be let it'll be it won't be like this open world type exploration type game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've decided to do is to do it in two phases. Is first of all to get those mechanics into the existing game, so basically to make it so that there are rounds and that it is open world and that it, it building on what it is, mm-hmm. and call that slider classic, and then to do a new game. And basically just use all the code base and all the the parts and all the different things that I've got. And then actually get the builder to just build it's just a couple of tracks, maybe five, you know, mm-hmm. that are very specific to that purpose. Um, much wider tracks, much more, you know, set up yeah. for, for multiple players. Um, so, right. So I think for probably for the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be the, the the core mechanics that I will need to get are lucky blocks, which is like lucky abilities that drop on the track, okay. so that you you know you can get like a banana gun or something like that, and then um, a, you know a power or a boost lightning if, bolt that shrinks everyone else and slows yeah. them down and makes them fall to their death. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then um, the other one is the um, just the 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 round. So in in this version of the game, the what I'm working on right now specifically is um because there's like 12 tracks or whatever so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put everyone where it says wait for a you know waiting for a challenge to start do you want to join and then when you join i'm going to put all the players into a giant test tube hovering above the start and they're all going to be in this test tube and then it's going to like shake it and like move it around and stuff like that and then at the beginning of the thing i guess it's going to like tip them out or just disappear or something like that. Sounds and pretty then, cool. And then they start. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'll be working on over the next couple of weeks. So, so have you, uh, I mean, if, uh, is that, is that like your whole update? I, I had a quick question on that. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah. mean, have you thought of, have you thought about that? Um, about like the trade-off, I'm sure you've thought about it, but like the trade-off between having all the people who like this kind of game concentrated in one versus, having two separate places that can go with different, you know, slightly different play styles, but still being full of sliders. Yeah. Um, I have, and I, I do think that there's two, di- there is two different play styles. Um, and one of them sort of the way that it is now, it's kind of a bit more like a, an RPG type of hangout concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is something different. Um, yeah, I I don't think it's good. 
first of all, there's just so many millions of players. I mean, I, it's a test. I, yeah, I thought of, yeah. I thought about it. I don't have an answer. We'll, we'll just see. But my my feeling is is that um, it's sort of like franchises, like movie franchises. If there ends up being a whole universe of slider games, like a slider classic, a slider royale, and mm. then a slider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. Well, the royale is the one I just described. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the that would be that one, and then like a I don't know a slider PVP. So then when someone types in slider, they sort of get like all these different games. So that would give you more of a long tail on each user, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, because I know um, if you're publishing like cheap uh, Amazon Kindle books, yeah, uh, it like one very successful strategy is uh, to just make another one every single month and. Um, people that do that usually pick up a few new readers every month. And then those new readers, like some portion of them will go back and start buying all their other books. So yeah, it's like the yeah. more, it's like, it's like uh, if, if someone likes what you're putting out, the more stuff you have for them to consume, the better you'll do. Um, but then on the other hand, I know, you know, some people are like, now you should just do one thing and spend all your time on one thing and make mm, that amazing. No. I mean, so. a part of the re- part of the reason why. So, so Chris has convinced me that that the Slider Royale version is the one that's going to be really successful versus this the, the open world version. But I just really like the open world version, so I can't let it go. That's part. That's the reason why I have to have two games. It's... So I'm just using it as the as the sandbox to te- to to build the, the the timer dynamics, the lucky block dynamics, all those dynamics. Um, one thing I should mention is is that there are, there are some super fans of this game. There's one kid that's been in there for eight hours. You know, like when if I'm awake when you live stream, I'll yeah. I'll sometimes you know click and check it out, just hang out for a minute or two when I see the email. And yeah. every, like now, like recently, every time I go, there are kids in there running around. It's like it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So. Well. Yeah, so so that's my update. Thanks. Nice, nice. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I've uh, I sent. I guess we've got a few topics. So I, I sent you a link to uh, uh, like a bundle app subscription that I thought was kind of interesting. I saw that uh, such a long. I saw that a long time ago. Set app. Oh, okay. Hmm. I just discovered it today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then then another thing is uh, I guess I'll just like talk about that really quick now then. Um, so it's called setapp.com and it's a $10 a month subscription that comes with a ton of apps and some of them cost more than that on their own. Like um, my, uh, my old roommate uh, was, uh, told me about it because he's been using uh, SQL something. What was that? Um, he's, he's got like a, a SQL database uh, app in there that he writes all his stored procedures in and it's $15 a month and uh, setapp.com comes with like, I think it's like over a hundred apps. Like when I, when I click all apps on it, I just see like this crazy long list of stuff um, like productivity stuff, uh, creative stuff, uh, dev tools, just all kinds of stuff. It really reminds me of back in the day um, when when I first started using computers with my dad when I was a kid. We would always be looking out for these um, disks or different things or just shareware packs and, you know, just all these bundles. Ah, and stuff. Okay. 
So, so I, I thought of this as like, oh, this is like humble bundle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Um, other stuff is uh, there were a couple of uh, hacker news kerfuffles. One about uh, equal pay for remote jobs, which is kind of interesting to me because I've you know lived most of my adult life in Asia, which is the worst remote working zone. And what then, they, um, what was the consensus? I mean, can I, I'll just say off the top of my head, and then we'll t- we'll see whether hacker news agrees with me. It seems ludicrous to 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 have rem- uh, to have equal pay for remote jobs to me, but just because. I don't know. Just the, it's just like a cost of life. I mean, well, it, it's 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 perfectly acceptable to have equal pay if you find someone who's who you want to pay a lot. That's fine, but I don't think it should be some kind of enforced thing. That's what I'm saying. So it just it 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 doesn't make sense to be enforced, but it's okay if people want to do it. And the reason why, I mean, someone living in the boondocks can live like a king, even on half a salary of someone who's yeah. living in SF, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think there was much consensus, which is why I said a kerfuffle because <laughs> some, some people, <clears throat> I mean, some people were saying basically what you're saying. They were like, well, that's naive. Companies aren't in the business of paying everyone equally. They're in the business of paying each person as little as they can get away with. Right. And then other exactly. people, because they're, they're like looking at the uh, um, supply side, but then other people are looking at the demand side or sorry, they're looking at demand. Other people are looking at the supply side and saying, Hey, um, you know, it does. It you shouldn't care where your widget was created. If the widget is worth X dollars, you pay X dollars for it. There's, you know, there's no, uh, there's nobody who's going to say, well, you know, I'll pay an extra, you know, two hundred dollars for this program if it was written in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I personally think the, uh, for the most part, like excluding Taiwan, which is really weird, uh, for the most part, the, the local job price is always going to be at least as high as remote from the same time zone because you're requiring that people not only live there but come into the office. And if if the remote price in that time zone is higher than the local one, the local pay there, everyone will just work remote. It's it's a moot discussion because it's like, yeah, no, yeah, agreed. Exactly. Except but, if they're Taiwanese, then they just take a horrible salary and don't work remote. Maybe language issues. Isn't it a kind of moot discussion? Because if you think about gas prices, like gas prices are completely different everywhere. And the reason why they're different is just because that's that it's just about the region. It's like what they can afford. It's it's what's you know, how much it costs well, to get there. You know, also, uh, there's a lot less global competition. Um, I mean, you can't just like download it from somewhere else. There, there's like transportation and storage costs. So uh, but, I, I think the thing with like programming is you can just like send bits from anywhere. Almost. Yeah. For free. Well, I guess the point I'm making is, is that like nothing is the same price, you know, like so. You know, where I used to live on the intersection, the ga- the, the gas, which is exactly the same thing was one dollar price difference across the road from each other and it's like you know why should why should why should you pay the programmers the same it just doesn't make sense well i would pay um i mean from my point of view i would pay um i don't care where they live i would pay the um the least i could for a given level of quality matching you know what i wanted but uh um, I don't know. It was it was uh, it was yeah. an interesting discussion. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, 
my response to it is like I, I have, you know, there, there was actually a company I used to work for in the Bay Area that like tried to lowball me and offered me like $45 an hour contracting remotely afterwards. And I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. I'm just going to, uh, uh, you know, take my skills directly to the market or, you know, just uh, work for anybody else. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, it can definitely, uh, leave a bad, t- uh, bad taste in someone's mouth. Um, although that was a little different cause I had like been working with them in the Bay area and I've like left, I'm still the same person. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where basically everyone wants the better deal. Um, what else you got? Six months of tiny projects. Mm-hmm. There was someone who uh, basically did a write up of how they'd been making these tiny projects for six months, and one of them was just like the site that hosted them all. They're not like businesses, really. Yeah, but just a ton of projects, and was you know submitting them to Hacker News, submitting them to Product Hunt, and. Um, had made a little bit of money, like how much? Well, maybe two hundred dollars MRR total, but was <laughs> but was was very upbeat about it, and hmm. uh, um, people on on hacker a lot of some people were just like, ah, these aren't businesses. Like, what are you doing? Go away. And other people were, um, you know, more supportive. So. Uh, hacking news. Yes, and and then uh, I guess the other topic would be before getting into like the uh, Black Friday plans and stuff, <laughs> be the email you sent me. Oh, um, about the scalability of Nugget. I, I found yeah. that really interesting. Yeah, go on then. Well, you were basically saying you know it takes a lot of effort for you to like get someone to where they can actually like succeed making money on the internet from their own products and that it's, you know, you couldn't scale that to tons of people. And I think that's probably true. Like for like, if you're doing it yourself for everyone. Um, And I also think it's probably true. Like there is way better. uh, There's going to be a way better outcome when you are like helping someone one-to-one than, you know, any kind of, um, you know, pre-bundled. Just thinking course. about the work that I've been doing with Matteo, who's, you know, the my best uh, student, as it were. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just full-on work. I mean, it's just like full-on discussion. It's almost like a partnership in a way. Like just um, the amount of effort at each different stage. And even, for example... He sort of got to a point where he where he wanted to get some help um, w- with dev because he's been doing his own dev. Um, you know, I helped him learn how to work through um, resumes on Upwork. You know, oh, like no yeah. one, people probably just don't know that, and it's something you sort of you get to understand over time. And just maybe realize, holy shit, I've just reviewed ten resumes for him, told him which three people he should interview, and it's like. <laughs> wow, you know, that doesn't fucking scale, does it? Like, that doesn't scale. And if that's what it takes for people to succeed, and how... Yeah. So so I I think... um, (laughs) I think it 
does take a lot of work to like really get someone to succeed if they weren't already going to. Yeah. Um, like if, if they're already going to, you can definitely, you know, give them a nudge and get them there faster. But uh, he is, a, he's a classic person who was already going to succeed. I mean, he's, okay. he's essentially in the middle of succeeding Well, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why I picked him and, and why I'm so happy yeah. that he was able to work with me. Um, I mean, he's, he's the guy who's, who's putting products out, um, you know, who's getting, who's building his audience, who's doing all the things, but still even so, so that's what I'm sort of saying. It's like, even if you're working with real star material, you know, and you, and you're actually helping them genuinely succeed, like get to a point of true success. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of effort. So, so my, my thought about the scaling, because I mean, this is interesting to me because I, you know, I went to a coding school that was really successful and, uh, you know, I've been reading about Y Combinator since almost the beginning, like you have. Um, I, I think there would have to be like some batch interaction where, you know, where people are, you know, multiple people are in there. Um, so it's not just you helping them, but they're also helping each other. And then the key thing that I, that I saw personally at Hack Reactor is like you have some people from the previous cohort who are really grateful because of how well it worked out for them. And like, I was one of these people, like I, I did, uh, um, like algorithm interview preparation for like 50 students in the next like three or four months after I graduated just cause I was, you know, I was so happy. I 10 X my income from the previous year after I did hack reactor. So, um, you know, and then, and then like in later classes there were other people who are always hanging out there and, and helping, you know, the, the next group. I don't mean any disrespect, but it's just a much easier problem to solve, to learn yeah. to code and get a job. It's, it's very limited in scope compared to starting a, an online business. So it, it just, is, but at the yeah. time, neither you nor, well, especially you, not even Jason really seemed that bullish about it being doable in three months though. Yeah, but the, I, st- I still think it's, it's just like a very, like the, the sort of the surface area of time applied to you by those people, by that course, by the cohort, all that stuff just can't, it just doesn't work. Like, and even if you look at Y Combinator, it's there's so much more time um, given to each person, so much more resources, so much more money. It's not like going in and just reading, you know, doing an asynchronous thing. So it's just it's just apples and oranges. That's basically right. It. Right. Yeah. Well, it's 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 harder to do some anything part time. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I still think uh, like if it's gonna if it's really gonna make it it's got to have some kind of community component where people are, you know, happy about what they got out of it. And they're, they're still like, you know, hanging around some of them, not everyone, but it's got to be something where somebody hangs around and is still like kind of there both as an example and as a um, helper for the next, the next batch. Still really difficult. It's really difficult. That's the problem. It's just really fucking difficult. Like, look at you, you know, I mean, you are what four grand you're four grand a month is your it's been your peak and you've been at this for a couple of years well i have also had severe repetitive stress injuries that were so bad it hurt to brush my teeth when i started so i I mean like the first six months of this was like five hours a week and even like this year i'm probably averaging 10 hours a week 
in movies like a James Bond movie, and I and I've seen I've seen comedians make fun of this, but they have like droves of like bad guys, and so you'll you know they'll they'll kill all the bad guys or whatever, but then the comedian's take will be like. Each time a bad guy is killed, they'll zoom in on his family. He's a, he's an individual person. He has a whole life. Oh yeah, like there's yeah. a whole thing. So everyone's kind of different. So just like you know, in your case, you had that repetitive strain injury. All the well, all the all the people in they still do. have no. their own. You know, everyone everyone is a unique case and has their own skills and uh, and 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 the, this adds this adds to the fact that it's difficult to scale as a concept. I can see the reason why Y Combinator scaled it because. Um, well, well. Firstly, they didn't exactly scale it. They they did something which is quite interesting. Firstly, they're giving money. Secondly, they're picking people at like a hundred to one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're I think it's they're, like two two or three percent. But yeah, okay, something like that. I mean, they're they're having like a deep interview process. Like they're experts. They understand what they're doing, and they're choosing people based on um, you know. So they're giving the money and they're choosing the cream of the crop, which is completely different to just anyone joining a, a sure, service sure. and doing it for like 10 hours a week <laughs> sure yeah yeah um that oh, that reminds me have you seen gary Ten's youtube channel no i no I haven't. it is so good now um and by the way just like disclosure he was one of the five yc partners who was at my interview that you know geek kept me kept me out of uh um, YC and he did this uh, this uh, YouTube sh- uh, video recently about gatekeepers and like competitions and um, like how he approaches it and and you know how to like how to set it up so you'll succeed at them and um, how to you know kind of understand that gatekeepers don't even have that much information you're gonna fail some um, you know so you want to be looking for multiple competitions and optimizing your chances in each um anyway yeah his that that video was was really interesting to me of course but uh his channel in general is just like it's the just the quality of it is is so much better than it was a couple years ago Hmm. so he's got better yeah well it's i mean it's highly produced he's clearly spending some money on it but but it's his just his presentation is really good like like it feels like he's right there in the room and like really talking to you. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he he uh, is a is a bright guy and has, has done a lot of impressive things. So, like, why couldn't he learn how to YouTube well? But mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, wanted to throw that out there. So, um, Black Friday. Yeah. Ever. All right. So here's uh, here's my plan. I have an email sequence that I've used, uh, well, for three like substantial launches, but uh, also a number of just rolling smaller ones. Like every every few months, I'll just pick up the uh, the new users that that have never been pitched anything and put them through a funnel. Um, but I'm I'm not going to use that this time because it's a couple years old. And, you know, the stuff that people are really interested in is changing in Elixir. Like it used to be deployment was this this big deal for people, which I still don't get because I, I never found it difficult at all. And actually, like you could just deploy stuff the exact same way you could with, you know, Rails or any other stack. But people were trying to 
I, I, I guess there were just too many options, but now people aren't, you know, they're not as focused on that because there's, there's, uh, um, there's been some new tooling and there's kind of like a standard way 90% of people do stuff. Um, and they're talking more about live view and about uh, um, just other stuff in the ecosystem. So I'm going to reuse about 60%, maybe 40% of the material, but write totally new emails and, and also include newer material. Cause I've been, you know, I've made a lot of stuff in the last year. So um, I'm going to, going to send that out to my list of like you know 3000 people and it's going to be a similar offer to last year uh, there'll be a discount for people signing up for for an annual subscription and it's you know that I don't really do many discounts I tell people that so it'll this will be like the one shot they have to get it at a at a better deal and um the other big thing is like I'm going to be live streaming work on Phoenix Igniter for most of the next week that's coming up and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make that an offer as well. So last big launch hmm. Phoenix igniter was a bonus that I threw in for free. Cause it was like in alpha and like I'd barely added anything to it this time. It's going to be a separate thing I sell. So I'll have like an offer for Phoenix igniter to discount and then an offer for alchemist camp at a discount maybe a bundle and one new thing, which is going to be a pre-sale of a mini ebook mm. on Elixir games. And it's going to be um, just mm. like a really simple one for, which is like, if you don't know any Elixir at all, you can, you can write it. It'll be like the guessing game I did in lesson one of, my, of Alchemist camp mm. and maybe a flappy bird clone. I just wrote a flappy bird clone in, in rust, which was pretty fun. Um, and then a couple other, n nothing like super difficult, but, but just an, a, a few small games and I'm aiming for about 50 pages. Like JavaScript. What? Isn't the majority of something like a flappy bird clone JavaScript? The one I wrote was in pure rust. How, do, but isn't it like, uh, how does it present itself to the user then? Uh, like through, uh, ba basically through community, it's got open GL bindings and, uh, Vulcan bindings. So basically you're in a web browser or you're just in a, in a, command no, 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 but, but it also does compile to WebAssembly. So I, I would have to add like one library and a few lines of code and then it could be in a web browser. Oh, cool. So, so that would be the same with Elixir. Elixir isn't going to a web, a web a game for Elixir is just playing on in some kind of executable on your machine? Um, well, you know, you could do it either way. It, it's so Elixir is not as good at this as Rust is like the, okay. the reason, I mean, Rust is like uh, Rust can do anything and like you can write, uh, you can write like an implementation of the, the beam or like the, the Erlang VM and Elixir and like build the entire world in Rust if you want to. Okay. Um, where, whereas, you know, it's like, it's like a, an alternative to C, C++. Right. Right. Um, whereas Elixir is, you know, it's, it's garbage collected, it's higher level. Um, but what would be the presentation format of the Elixir game, Flappy Bird? Well, okay. So Flappy Bird, I think I would do on a web page. 
probably so then use most Phoenix. of it would be JavaScript. Well, no, I'd use Phoenix Live View and write it all in Elixir. But the, oh, so that that creates JavaScript. Yeah, it uh, it basically it does the JavaScript that you need in order to uh, do the uh, the the diffing over WebSockets that I showed you in that that example video for Reactor. But say, for example, capturing someone's touch event, that's mm -hmm. happening inside Elixir. You would write Elixir code, yeah. Okay, and Elixir code outputs somewhere along the line some kind of JavaScript binding yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. traps it. So you're not really looking at JavaScript anywhere in your Flappy Bird game. It's all Elixir. Yeah, yeah, that, that's okay. how it would work. Um, it's, it, I think that's the nicest way to do it because it would just, like, people would be more excited about having it in their browser. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, the first game, like, would just be a guessing game, like, guess a number between 1 and 100. <laughs> and you... And it'll That's pretty you, simple. Like, so this is like lesson one in Alchemist Camp. So it's yeah, it's and I'm going to use basically that same code, just up it in, in difficulty slightly. Thing that's nice about Live View, uh, other than it being an Elixir, well, actually, it's it's related because it's in Elixir, and it's got its own library, and it's like doing it's got it's doing all the stuff over you know Phoenix channels. It doesn't go stale as easily as anything I could do in JavaScript. Because mm -hmm. like any JavaScript tutorial or anything I've put online, it seems like, is way out of date within a year and mm -hmm. it's broken a few years after that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, uh if, if all the code's in Elixir, it's it's not too bad. So um yeah, I'm gonna aim to sell that book for just five dollars during Black okay. Friday. And Go there. Maybe I should do Black Friday deal. It's like the it's the one time of the year where no one will question it, hmm. and a lot of people are excited by it. And I think, uh, yeah. How much? How much off do you do you give? Like what percentage? Well, let's see. Alchemist Camp is, is normally two ten for a year, and I I've been making it one fifty. Probably going to go up to 160 this year. Hmm. On the Black Friday deal? Yeah. So it's yeah. like a 25% discount? Yeah. Phoenix okay. Igniter, maybe I'll, I'll do like uh, a one-third discount or something. Okay. Yeah. That sounds... That's. I, I thought it was more like a 50% or something like that, but yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, you could. I, I think Jeffrey Wade does, does... Actually, I know he does 50% because I got Laracast for $49 last year. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it can't hurt unless it, I mean, unless it's something that you have to spend your time on. Yeah, it is something I have to spend my time on. To to to. I mean, I still because I still haven't fixed the 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 nugget funnel. Um, but um, yeah, mm, I probably won't do it. Ah, that's yeah. not. We don't even need to talk about it because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, by the time I have this published, we'll know. Oh, I want to ask you something. Do you, are you putting the intro in the the intro music in the shows? Yeah, yeah. Someone 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 said you forgot to put the intro music in the show. Did you try clicking play on that page? No. <laughs> okay. Well, it had intro music in it. <laughs> are you? Um, by the way, are you are you like fading, putting the talking over the end of it, the intro now? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because you know the very first time you let the entire intro play out. Yeah, yeah. And then the talking. But there's like 15 to 20 seconds of just fade out where the talking is right, supposed to right. go on top of it. So so that's that's now done. Okay. Um, I didn't put the intro on the video. I think maybe that's what, what they were talking about. Oh. And the okay. reason I didn't is because I, uh, I made the animation too long because I, I made it the length of the track. Oh, you need to see. So you need to fix it. Yeah, got it. Uh, um, I mean, it's you need not to change your animation. Yeah. Eventually, I'll make a V two of it, and yeah. you know, I also I, I don't think it's good for uh, um, just. I don't think it's good for watch time on YouTube to start with the same thing every time that people yeah, have already seen. I agree. I think um, so. Yeah. I, I've I've seen some case studies where they remove somebody's intro and then uh, you know their their traffic starts going way up. It makes sense because people just want to get right into the content on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's a different oh, kind of um, experience. One one other meta topic, and that is uh, I just can't upload these videos to Dropbox. I've now tried over 50 times to upload episode 27. I got 28 uploaded, but 29 and 30 have also failed. So that's the fi- your final cuts? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, that's... No, that's that's even the initial ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so like what I download from Zoom, I can't upload to Dropbox. Where? How are you trying to get it into Dropbox? But through their web, through their website. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the way to do it is, um, I mean, if you don't mind, install install the Dropbox client on your Mac, and then just drop it in the folder, and it will just sync it in its own time. Uh prefer not to do that i've already got space issues on the machine um well with dropbox um the way that i've got it set up is that um they have this thing that basically just says upload it and then delete it from your machine Hmm. and so that then it just it's just a pointer so basically you just tell dropbox to actually don't store anything on my machine until i double click it and then it gets it Hmm. now um obviously if that's a big video it 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 that doesn't work very well, but it, it, I mean, it works well in terms of getting it to Dropbox and deleting it off your machine. But when you double click it, it doesn't, it obviously doesn't open it because it's got to download 200 megabytes first. So, th- so there are a lot of settings then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Settings. And, and so, you know, in that way, I've got like, you know, quite a few gig on, hmm. on Dropbox in the cloud and almost nothing on my computer. That's how I keep has, my computer pretty low. Has the site failed when you've tried to upload things through it? I've never uploaded, no, it's never failed, but I've never uploaded anything over 100 megs. Okay. It's really weird because I can upload the videos. I can upload same file to like YouTube, Twitch, Google Drive, no problem. But Dropbox will just repeatedly fail, which is kind of weird. You know, it's like their one job. It's their cool thing. To be able to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's You're- all they're for is like for uploading it. I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I think I I recommend the 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 Mac integration. It's really good. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I've oh, man, like the I've been struggling so much with hard drive space because uh, Xcode will not up, uh, it won't update unless I have like f- over thirty gigs free, mm, yeah. almost forty, and you know it, it, Apple doesn't give you big hard drives really, so it's uh it's been a bit of a, a pain. Like I have to like 
struggle hard to delete everything I possibly can and then upgrade to you know, the version of Xcode. And then, you know, a month later, I've got to do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've been, been hearing any buzz about the, uh, the new processors yet? Oh, the M, the M1? The one I talked about last time. Like yeah. my group, like entrepreneurial line chat group here in Taiwan, yeah. It's just, it's like there's a guy and there's just like posting three or four links about that thing every day. Wow. But it'd be nice. I mean, it'd be nice to have that, that speed increase, you know, especially doing game dev. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Supposedly it's, uh, it's improvement for GPU is significantly better than its improvement for CPU. Because hmm. they, they've, got a shared memory architecture now so mm-hmm. um yeah i i would be excited just to be able to to uh export videos of these podcasts faster mm. so it takes me like over an hour now yeah it's a pain in the a yeah any kind of well, video visual stuff well but as, as i've said before my my 600 dollar asus laptop from like 2016 <laughs> can do it in it. like no, it can do it in like 35 minutes because it has a graphics card. Yeah. Well, that's what the M1 is going to fix, right? I think so. I think so. That The only thing I'm not sure about, well, there are two things. One is um, it doesn't support Docker right now. Oh, okay. And two is it's it's going to require every single app to be signed. Mm-hmm. And that may or may not break some open source stuff. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, like if if Apple needs a developer certificate for every single, like you don't have to pay them. You know, it, it's not like that. At least not yet. But they want to they want to have like a a signing certificate for everything so they can remotely disable malware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, we'll just. It's this one of those things I'm not going to get into too quickly because it's just a, a bunch of stuff needs to unfold before I get on, get on that ship. Yeah, probably a year or two. If if I had more money and time, I would probably buy one of them like immediately and get into developing something for it. Just because uh, uh, you can always kind of like ride the the new wave anytime new any anything Mm. apple comes out yeah you can be one uh, of the experts you can be one of the experts also you can you can get a lot of people checking out your your app because it uses some new feature that didn't exist before oh yeah i see yeah yeah it's it's like this this little this little uh um market opportunity that's created (laughs) every time apple (laughs) launches something so yeah um any uh any thoughts about my 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 radical new pricing strategy or, or new price point for a product. The Black Friday thing. The yeah, not not the discount on Alchemist Camp, because I've done that before, but the five dollar mini ebook. Oh, um I think it's a nice test. I mean uh, it's almost free, right? So it's like a it's an almost free pricing strategy. Yeah. Um it's it's it reminds me of the um the sort of the the trick that you do to get people into your funnel where you charge them one buck or a couple of bucks and so you've got that first purchase and now you've built built a purchasing relationship with them 
and then you can start tripwire. selling tripwire right yeah yeah I'm, is that I'm why you're doing it that effect um partially i i, I think what was it? it there was something i read in one of uh of uh drew's uh from trend trends.vc or something i read in one of those that was talking about uh um like a pricing ladder and, and the the benefit of having you know something free something really cheap something a bit more expensive than something super premium you know it's like i, I think there's a there's just right now alchemist camp is the expensive option for online elixir learning like i don't think anyone else charges 21 dollars a month okay and uh, there are some that charge like $10 a month or 15 I find $21 a month a very interesting number. Um, is that, that's your monthly rate? And, do you be, and then you have an annual price as well? Yeah. So annual is just two months free. So it's two ten. dollars $21 a month is very interesting because it's, it's sort of like a fuck you. Like you're basically saying, look, I'm not $19 a month. I'm not going to try and say, I'm not going to try and pretend to be cheap. <laughs> I'm actually not going to be, I'm not going to be $20 a month. I'm going to be $21 a month. So I'm over the $20 a month price mark. It's like, fuck everyone. Fuck you guys. I'm 21. Like you really <laughs> okay, are okay. making a very different statement. That was, that, uh, that was not my intent. So <laughs> I, any customers listening, um, I'm not saying fuck you. <laughs> Thank I don't, you very I don't, much. I don't mean to the customers. Um, I mean, no, I mean to the to the to the uh, not to the customers to the to the social norms of pricing. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> I just went up three dollars at a time, and that's where I ended up. <laughs> and people would still pay. I think it's great because it it sort of it it proves. There was a there was a lag there. Hopefully yeah. that got recorded. It proved what? It proves that it it it's a price point that proves the product is premium. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and and maybe yeah, maybe I just need something cheaper to open the top of the funnel. We'll see. I I think like longer term, like I definitely need to expand out of just the current. I market. just wonder if every if everyone should try pricing that way. Twenty one. Yeah, no, the 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 one dollar over rather than the one dollar under. I just wonder Maybe. if that would change. It it might just make those people seem like higher quality. Well, if we're going to dig into the psychological side of it, I've, I've read studies before that people uh, have have some cognitive biases where if they if they see a number that includes small numbers like small digits, they'll feel like it's a smaller number than it is. So um, actually like 21 feels smaller than 18 does to some people. Interesting. Because it's just a two and a one. It's like small numbers. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. No, it's okay. obviously there's another huge effect if, you, if you're avoiding adding a digit. So like a nine feels much cheaper than a 10 or even 11. Yeah, that's that. I, I'm always fascinated with pricing. Pricing and price oh. points. The 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 big the, the the thing that makes me so maybe I should make the ebook six dollars then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the thing that's always fascinated me with pricing is well, not always, but since since the app store has commoditized pricing, mm -hmm. and so stuff stuff has come out that's ninety nine cents, and so 
the same people who are like happy, like absolutely happy to spend 60 bucks on a Super Mario, on a, on a, on a Nintendo Switch game, will be so pissed off at having to spend 99 cents on a game on an iPhone. And I find that, I find that fascinating. How is that even possible? It is interesting. And it's also changing though, at least on the iPad. Cause I, like I bought an iPad a month or two ago and it's, I've been seeing a lot of apps that are, that are just like, oh, we're charging you $20 a month. I'm, I'm so glad, but I think, yeah. I think people just need to like, because the, the commoditization thing, it's just, it's just nuts. It's just really, really weird. Like you, you put a lot of effort into this shit and to, you know, you, no one's going to make money at, well, a couple of people, like 10 people make money at $1, at $1 price points, you know, huge, massive, massive companies. WhatsApp did okay. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I think, um, in my opinion, uh, which I mean, obviously you, you may want to downweight if, as, as you feel appropriate, but my opinion is the way to win on, on, uh, like iOS pricing is you make something that's free that you invest money into. So it's like you, you, you make it better than free. It's, it's like a, a thing you're, you're investing money into, but it's still free for everyone to use. And then inside of that ecosystem that will inevitably grow, if you're putting out something that's awesome and free, you have a whole bunch of in-app purchases. In-app purchases, yeah. And then I, some, of, yeah. some of those purchases can be like two or three dollars, and some of them will be like two or three hundred dollars. Like the uh, Plico dictionary for uh, um, for Chinese learners. It's like mm. that. Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the same as with Roblox as well. It's but it's just it's much smaller scale of expenditure. I mean, the highest price points you get in a Roblox is like 20 bucks. Oh, really? That's, mm -hmm. that's actually, that makes me kind of happy because yeah. usually the model for games is it's like there will be whales who are spending like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, there, there, there is, I think the most expensive thing I've seen now that I think about it was this caravan that Jack, that, that I bought for Jack. Mm -hmm. And he did he did a whole bunch of chores. We we discussed it. it was fifth it was forty nine bucks. Wow, yeah, that it was like a... an in game caravan that he used three times, and that was like my my lesson in the last time I'm ever buying something like that for him. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a bit painful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, lots of fun opportunities. I I really envy that that you're uh, you know doing uh, game dev now. Well, it's not going to be forever. It's just, it's just, um, it's just. I just want to get it to this to this point where it. You, you, did you ever read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Oh, that um, I, I I started it, and then I researched about the author a bit, and then I decided I wasn't going to keep reading. There's one. There's one concept. I I don't know anything about that. That. They haven't done that research, but the, there's one concept that they have in it that, that I thought I've always thought was interesting, which is, and it just seems just basically logically sound, mm -hmm. which is that a river is made up of many up in the mountains, tiny, small streams that mm -hmm. the tiny, small streams combine together to make a river. And, you know, ever since I've had read that book, that's always been a concept that I've had in my mind. Hmm. And so I just want to get that Roblox game to the point where it's bringing in a grand a month or something like that. 
and then I'll move off and then I'll move off it. And that'll be like another little trickle, a trickle. And um, yeah. And then I think I'm going to really focus on the task flow thing. Finally, I'm getting, I'm getting into the headspace where I'm like, yes, I'm ready for the actual business. Getting close to that. That's headspace. good. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it amazes me how, yeah, how, how, uh, many things you worked on and how it's, it's like, uh, um, so difficult to get back to the task flow one. Mm-hmm. But, and the task uh, flow one is the task flow one. It's so ironic because it solves my core problem. Like it, it actually solves my problem, which is not, not being good at deciding what to work on. Right. right. That's, that's the only thing, only reason why I'm do it um so it helps you make good decisions even even the mock-up that one time helped me do the right thing which was finish the boot camp that was just the mock-up of task flow yeah if i had the actual task flow i would probably be working on the right thing most of the time it's my it's my sort of achilles heel of not being able to choose what to work on which is the problem. yeah yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to to make progress if you're if you're not working very long on the same thing, you know, it's like, it's like that, that story about like uh, the person who like, you know, tries to boil some water for like mm-hmm. two minutes and then comes back the next day and tries another two minutes. And then, you know, mm-hmm. after a week, it's like, I, I, you know, what does it take to get this to boil? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. But, um, but my case is a bit of a weird one because like I do finish things. Yeah, I just it's yeah. just the um when I when I really do them like so for example I did finish the boot camp mm-hmm. then for some reason that last little piece of like plugging in the funnel and fixing it even though that wouldn't take that much work I've got this like big mental block about it it's really weird hmm. I don't know why that happens that is weird I yeah I, 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 yeah that's I would I would try to zoom in on that. Like everything is is completely set up for revenue there, except for I just won't take the the mental effort to go in and fix the funnel. Well, Nugget has already made, like by my terms, like a a, a, a very impressive amount of revenue over the last couple of years. So yeah, Nugget's made it. It's over about over one hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, and yeah. and like this is not even been your full-time side project <laughs> right, or like I your know. your full like after hours project <laughs> i know yeah um, maybe yeah i i guess either yeah you got to either uh motivate yourself somehow or i just don't think i think the worst out. thing i could do is to stop the game even though i'm at It'll the, be the po- worst even though i'm at the point where i'm feeling like stopping it um, I think that would be a real mistake. It's it, it's sort of the, similar to to the nugget not finishing the the funnel. Yeah. So I just need to stick with the game, get it get it to that point where it's it's earning that trickle, which can then bring back the investment that I put into it in the first place and make extra. And then how, how much should you put into it? Um, it's about five five grand at this point, five, five to six grand. Yeah. Yeah. How and is it monetized at all yet? No, I have because I haven't plugged in monetization. I'm still Not working yet. on Not general yet. player mechanics. Yeah. Probably in about uh, ten minutes. But, but because I need you to text with whether if Jude ha- has this mm-hmm. a Nintendo Switch. Okay. 
but because like I want to I want it to connect Jude to to my to my Nintendo Okay. We'll just be five minutes. Yeah. With a Nintendo emergency. <laughs> um let's do goals. Yes. Uh so my goal is stream at least three days on Phoenix Igniter. I will probably stream other stuff almost for sure, but uh, get at least three days of streaming on that and uh, obviously send out all the emails for Black Friday and uh, start the uh, the ebook. So this is going to be busy week. Okay. Good, good luck with that. My goal is very simple. I just want to get the time-based um, round done, uh, mechanic working in the game. So basically, players are in the game, and it says a race is starting in 30 seconds. They click join. They end up in a little test tube type thing with like 20 other players. It kind of shakes them around, and then the game starts, and then they get to the end. That's it. I just need to do that, and then I'll be good. Shakes them around like the like the ground. Well, so imagine like a test tube hanging in the air. Okay. Above the start track, so there's a start track. So basically, they're all in the test tube, and it's like goes like this, shakes them around, so that they all like get jostled, and so that so that it's sort of randomly choosing who's the closest to the bottom, and then when the race starts, it just sort of evaporates and disappears, and then twenty kids fall from the air like this. Okay, sounds cool. Pad, and then they all run. Yeah. So that's that's my. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you next time. See you. Have a good uh, holiday.